Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to our Big Squid limited series, Space Podacy, a 10-part limited series where comedian Ben Old and I discuss some of our favourite science fiction movies. Today, we're touching base with our favourite little compactor robot, Wally. Joining me today for the third part of our Space Podacy limited series, where my pal and comedian Ben Elwood joins me to dissect some of our favourite sci-fi movies. And so far we've covered 2001 A Space Odyssey and Under the Skin, and today we're looking at the brilliance of the Pixar film WALL-E. Uh, we've had a lot of new subscribers join us, and thank you by the way, we really appreciate you uh, finding us and then uh, committing to this podcast. And if you are new, I just wanted to say that the ethos behind our work here is that my comedy pals and I talk about all the entertainment and the art that we love and in the process it might be something that you're already across and it gives you someone to uh, I guess bond with because you hold a similar view or maybe we're going to introduce you to something that we enjoy that you've never found before. So That's essentially what we're aiming for in this podcast. And if you're new, thank you for joining us. And to our OG listeners, it is always wonderful to have your company. And it is not taken for granted at any point. Uh, We launched a Patreon for the Big Squid podcast only a few weeks ago. And something that all of our subscribers receive, amongst uh, a bunch of other things, is an episode dedicated to them. And today's Patreon shout-out goes to the indelible Wayne Hunt, who you may remember from our first season when we looked at the Watchmen TV series and graphic novel. Uh, Wayne works at the Fantastic Kings Comics in Sydney. And essentially, we just became friends because I was hanging around that place like the phantom of the comic shop. And so those frequent sojourns into the store uh, led to a friendship. And uh, although I haven't really seen that much of him late because it turns out uh, COVID really makes 
going into a store pretty tricky. So I have not seen him for a while. But uh, also, Wayne's great. And if you're an Australian and NBA basketball fan, you can also hear him on the Courtside podcast. So, uh, Wayne, thank you for your contributions to the podcast here. And uh, hopefully, mate, we can catch up soon. And I also hope you're a Wally fan. I'm guessing anyone who reads comics and has kids is most definitely a Wally fan, right? I feel like I'm not a gambling man, but maybe, maybe I'd put a little flutter down on getting that right. But, you know, Wayne, let me know if I would have lost some money. Uh, At the end of the podcast, I'll let you know which sci-fi movie we're covering next week. But for now, it is time to focus on the last robot left on Earth. This little fella is a waste allocation load lifter Earth class, and he spends his days tidying up the planet one piece of rubbish at a time. When this little robot spots another sleek and shapely probe called Eve, the lonely robot embarks on a journey across the galaxy, all in the name of friendship and love, and loneliness. Let's take the journey with Wally. Seven hundred years into the future, mankind will leave our planet, leaving Earth's cleanup in the hands of one incredible machine. His name is Wally. After all these years, he's developed one little glitch. A personality. He's extremely curious. And just a little bit lonely. But all that is about to change. I don't know if I've really said this to you before, but I'm not a big animated fan. Really? Uh, yeah, not really. Uh, it's it's like I can enjoy animation, and I, I feel like I can appreciate it, mm. but I I don't quite connect with stuff as much. That's uh, surprising. I would have thought with your love of comics that you would uh, dig animation. It, it's a really funny thing for me as well because yeah. I would have thought the same thing did you not did you watch a lot of it as a kid yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. but I just it's you know as you kind of get older it's like yeah. it's just not the stuff that I gravitate towards you know like don't get me wrong like I'm not an animal I still got teary in every <laughs> Toy Story movie you still cried at the end of Inside Out right like, like I'm not an animal <laughs> like I'm not a psychopath <laughs> But it's just not something that I lean into. Do you, th- do you think you have that unconscious societal bias that animation is a medium for children and that you are... Because I know that that's definitely... Like, growing up, uh, my mum had utter disdain mm. for animation. Mm. Utter disdain. Uh, and, you know, because The Simpsons was my, you know, manner. That yep. was my education... I was that perfect age. I was eight years old when The Simpsons came out and so was with me all through adolescence. Um, And it didn't matter how much I tried to convince her that this isn't... How can it be a show for babies? It's on at eight o'clock at night and Richard Nixon's in it. Like, it's clearly there's something going on here. It's on the Time magazine cover of The Greatest Show of All Time. Like, clearly it's not... 
you know, but she thought, oh, it's just like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's just right. a dumb show for dumb kids. And she would like sit there laughing. Like, hey, you like watching those stupid yellow people? <laughs> it's like, yeah, wear your ignorance more like a badge of honor, you fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> But I think it was in her mind, she yeah. grew up with that, you know, cartoons are for fucking kids. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. So I know a lot of people who have that in their brains, you know. Yeah, I guess it's, uh, I don't think it's that. I think maybe it's just a. I think I just gravitate to live stuff more. Mm. I think it's probably. I'm probably overthinking it. It's probably mm. just lower on the base yeah. of you know. It's, like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's above musicals. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a when I went and saw Wicked and just really didn't feel God. anything. And then uh, Adam Richard was went. Oh right, no, you're definitely not gay. <laughs> It's like, no, they're fine. Musicals are fine. I love musicals. Yeah. I love tunes and musicals. They're like two of my favourite mediums. Right. What does that say about me? No, no, no. I don't think there's anything. Infantilised gay man. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, here's your opportunity on this podcast. You're listening to the Coming Out of the Closet cast. Uh, No, but it is, uh, yeah, it's just interesting. But uh, the the, the Pixar movies are the ones that I... Mm do enjoy the most of like mm. there's other uh you know like the dreamworks and stuff like that if nah. i see them they're you know so they're fine they're garbage uh but pixar is the best when yep. did you see this movie for the first time this had to be a cinema experience right no, i don't think it was um because i actually am not the biggest fan of computer animation i am old school i love cell animation yeah like i adore it and maybe that's the bias of what i grew up with yeah but I remember being very young, and when I found out, oh my god, it's twenty-four drawings per second. Oh yeah, I, that just to me was so mind-blowing that I think the art form just completely captured my imagination. And, yeah. I, and that's not to say that computer animation doesn't involve as much work or artistry. It does. Yeah. Um, but to me, that handmade quality. And, you know, the occasional hair on the cell or, you know, for one frame, the lips aren't painted. You know, it was just a human error. I I love that stuff. So I think when Pixar first came out, I love Toy Story, Mm. um, but I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah. So I don't think I saw this at the movies. I think I I I only saw this for the first time a few years ago. Oh, okay. And it didn't really make an impact. And then I watched it uh, about a year ago and really enjoyed it. Ah, that's interesting. Right. I saw this at the cinema when I was doing uh, movie reviews. Uh And I took my girlfriend at the time and... I, at the end, I really enjoyed it, and she was bored shitless. So that is, so that's where I'm starting to think maybe animation is just lower on the rung for what I enjoy. Yeah. And for her, it was like, why are we here? And I was like, oh, yeah. By the way, that's uh, two podcasts in a row where I've mentioned two different girlfriends uh, <laughs> mentioning weird things. We, we might have to do uh, an episode where I bring them all in and they can say the weird shit that I've said to them. <laughs> so, cast Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, we're all still friends. So, like, I'd like to keep things uh, even. But it was, yeah, it was a very funny uh, situation where... You got to the end and it was like, oh, that was quite joyful. Oh, you really just want to leave the cinema right now, don't you? And discuss anything, you know? Are there, are there any animated films that you love? Like Love Love? I don't think so. Not Spider-Man, Spider-Verse? I like... I think it's great. Mm. But if you said you can watch... Uh, 
pick a film to watch, mm. I reckon you'd potentially go 30 or 40 deep before I even thought to go animation. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, so, okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we've got uh, our first segment. I'm really enjoying this. There's some of these segments are making me laugh a lot, and I get really excited when I find them, and because I know that I'm going to say them to you. Yeah. So these are the top questions for Wally on Google. <laughs> so when you just put it in for anyone who, if this is your first podcast, you just put in the movie, and you don't write anything else, and then there's just Google questions yeah. that come up. So I'll tell you what the questions are and then I'll go back to the first one and I'll tell you what the answer is. Mm -hmm. So the, the question, first one is, what is the message of Wally? Mm -hmm. A lot. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of messages. Actually, you know what? I'm going to save the second one for last because it's my favourite. So I'll go, uh, what is the message of Wally? Will there be a Wally 2? Uh. Is the third question. Is Wally a girl or a boy? Or boy, but in that question, Wally is spelt W A double L capital E capital A. So who knows who's asking that if it's coming up enough? But the second question, and I'm just going to read it out the way it's written is it Wally or Wally? <laughs> <laughs> and it's literally Wall. Dash E or Wall Dash E. So really, yeah, that's Not, the question. Oh, jeez, is it Wall E or Wall E? And that's that, that's been asked enough that it comes up in the algorithms. Got to be, you know, it's the second one. But oh, the internet. Here is the answer for what is the message mm -hmm. of Wall E? Mm. According to who, by the way? According to the internet. The answer. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I figured this is an algorithm yeah, yeah, answer yeah, sure, sure, as sure. well. Yeah. That's actually that's a good question. Appropriate for this uh, film. Yes. That's a good question. Actually, who is answering <laughs> <Yeah>. this? <laughs> to find them and wrestle them. <laughs> Wally is a film with a very clear message. We make and use too much stuff, and if we keep going down this path, eventually our planet be <laughs> overwhelmed with toxicity and threaten every life form to extinction. Yeah. Sure. Sure. That Yeah, that, that, that's one of the messages, definitely. Yeah. And by the way, I read that correctly. I didn't leave out any words. <laughs> Eventually, our planet be overwhelmed with toxicity. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, some might argue that, you know, this is more uh, about right now than it is about 700 years in the future. Uh, like, so anyway, so I have some funny things in Squid Bits uh, that yeah. make you go, I, I'm not even sure the people making this quite knew how pertinent this film was yeah 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 all the irony that um half of those uh trash skyscrapers 700 years from now were made out of funk popcos shaped like wally -E. <laughs> mate it is it is one of the criticisms of the film yep. which is you making all these comments mm -hmm. and uh, meanwhile yeah wally merch yep. is out there totally totally the South Pacific garbage plastic island probably has many points, oh cups with Evie and Wally all I, over I, it I, and I, Avatar. Oh, my Lord. I find it very difficult to think about that moving landmass of plastic without having a panic mm -hmm. erection. Segment, our next segment, first context. Yes. These are some of the sci-fi movies that came out in before and after. So Wally came out in 2008. Right. So 2005, I've cheated. There were two films like this. Of course, there's heaps of sci-fi films, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, I just kind of pick ones at random that I think are interesting. So 2005, you get War of the Worlds and Star Wars 3, War of the Sith. Uh, yeah, is it War Revenge, of the Sith? Revenge, Revenge of, of the, the Sith. Sith. Sorry. I don't know why I wrote War. War of the Worlds is a fucking weird movie. So... 
Yes. Let's save that because we should maybe give that one a go. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's kind of... Uh, you know, one of the things that kind of frustrates me about that film uh, is that... Uh, you know what? We, we should save it for... We'll watch it at some point. It's It's got some mind-blowing moments. Yeah. And there's also... One of the things I... Anyway... I'm about, you know what? I have too many thoughts on this, but I think, I, I think this is a movie that undermines itself. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. As many Spielberg movies that are trying to make a dark point do. Yeah. And I love Spielberg, but he does mm. kind of the niceness in mm-hmm. him. And I think it has a decision in its storytelling that is the equivalent of changing Han to shooting first. Right. Yeah. Okay. We'll have to do War of the Worlds, season two. Yeah, forward sell. Sure. Check out season two. May I just add, he does the exact same thing in Minority Report. Dark, 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 dark. Yeah. Ah, flame out at the end. Oh, yes. On, yeah, yeah, come yeah. On. yeah. You just can't help yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, uh, 2006. Try not to get too excited as I say these magic words to you. The Fountain. <sighs> Which we will definitely... Please. We will definitely cover The Fountain. Please. One of the, the, Probably... In the top ten most underrated films of all time, The Fountain. Yeah. yeah. So profoundly misunderstood. Yeah. I, I read a quote from Aronofsky. We're going off on so many tangents. Yeah. I, I read a quote from Aronofsky at the time where he said he wasn't surprised that The Fountain failed as it's a film about the transcendence of ego that was released around the height of Paris Hilton's fame. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah, think that, yeah. you know, yeah. that does seem to be a movie that was very ahead of its time. It has got a good critical um, reassessment since. Yes, it has. Yeah. Uh, so, well, we can we can confidently say season two of Please. Space Podicy will have yes. War of the Worlds and The Fountain. Great, 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 great. Also another one that might be worthwhile checking out, Sunshine in 2007. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a movie that is like borderline right on the money and makes a decision that I'm just not into. That no, it's I was a crazy like, decision at the end. Yeah, it's like, why'd you do that? Like, everything else was good. Suddenly we're in Friday the 13th, part four. Like, what is happening? Like, it was like, I, I remember sitting in the cinema yeah. and having a moment of going, did I not off? Yeah. Like, what, what, what just happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so then 2009, 2012 comes out and oh, I just gosh. feel like that is a massive mistake like why don't you wait three years yeah, and we'll release yeah, yeah. 2012 and 2012 so funny I was uh, <laughs> I was that, that was at the peak of my conspiratorial thinking uh, around that era 2008 yep. and uh, I was very much on board with the Mayan prophecies <laughs> I'd read a book right I read a book it was like yeah, yeah the fucking super volcano is going to go off in yeah. 2012 convinced of it and the moment Roland Emmerich made a movie about 20, 2012 that was a giant stake in the heart of my conspiratorial thinking oh, I was well, like oh well if it's a fucking mainstream movie of course it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, well, we should, we should thank him because he, yeah. he, he took away three years of paranoia for you. So that was good. Uh, 2010, a little film called Inception. Mm-hmm. And 2011 was Super 8. Right, yeah. Which I don't mind. I've never seen that. Yeah. Like it's, you know, J.J. Abrams is Spielberg, such a... Uh, Spielberg uh, fan porn, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a fascinating thing about Abrams, which yeah. is like... Obviously talented. Yeah. Obvious. Uh, it's like seems like a really you know uh, pretty even killed dude. Mm. You know, uh, share a lot of the same interests. Mm. But every one of his like most of his films just always feel like I you know they do they they there's having your influences and then there's I can't escape your influences. Yes, I think if you, it, it's all good to have influences, but you must like you know there's a lot of directors I love that do. 
genre pieces that yeah. are, uh, but you know, it's the new spin. Like I'm watching a lot of Altman lately. Yes. Uh, and I, I watch McCabe and Mrs. Miller, which right. is, a, it's a Western. Yep. But it's a neo-Western. Right. You know, um, and you know, there's, there's, there's guys that do spins on Suspiria, yep. you know, hyper color, just yep. overly dramatic, but it's something new. It's, 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 it's building on what was, what was there before. Yeah. I don't feel JJ does that. No. I feel I, like a lot of the time JJ is the emperor with no clothes. Well, I wonder if there is something about... I was talking about this... Oh, we were talking about this. Uh, when you, comedians start too young and yeah. invariably it's like you, you can learn too much of the craft mm-hmm. and it stops you f- from uh, fulfilling your creative yeah. side. Yeah. Uh, not always, but we've seen it enough times that I reckon it's more often than not. Happened to me, 100%. Uh, you know, then someone like Aaron Chen comes along yeah. and he's been a comedian since he was a fetus and yeah. he's fucking great. Yeah. But, um, and I wonder, you know, I think uh, JJ was brought up in the industry and I think there is, I, I still think, I still think the best thing he ever made was The Lost Pilot. And when you watch The yeah. Lost Pilot, it's, and you then suddenly realise from, Script to filming was ten weeks, and you really? yeah yeah, and you watch it and you go, how did you do this? Yeah, that's why, like Lindelof had a nervous breakdown because he went from oh you're going to be working with JJ on this uh, pilot, oh, oh it's up, oh it's massive, oh you're running this show now, and suddenly he's like a showrunner, yeah right, going what. Like he nearly quit so many times, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm but- surrounded by mystery boxes, but there's nothing in them. Yeah Fuck. yeah yeah. But, um, you know, it, yeah, it's a fascinating uh, look back at that. So, mm, anyway, mm, mm, mm. Uh, the year that was, uh, this is uh, the movies that came out uh, that year around Wally, mm. which is hilarious. Cloverfield. <laughs> I which, loved that movie. So do I. <laughs> I only saw it once in 2008, but I loved it. Yeah, and I enjoyed it while I was watching it. Yeah. Uh, little known Hamo fact, uh, the... I. Uh, reviewed movies for 10 years for yeah. Perth Radio for the longest running breakfast radio show in Australian radio history. Really? I didn't yep. know that. Bodica's Bunch. One of the best jobs I've ever had. They were the yeah. uh, Fred and Lisa and uh, the team. They were just some of the best people to work with ever. And my mm. audition mm. was... Uh, uh, Cloverfield. That was ah. the first one. And they said, you know, give it a go. Adam Richard suggested me. And I gave it a go. And they said, this is great. Can you come back? And did that for 10 years. Adam Richard. Good work, Beautiful Adam. fairy godmother. Yeah. Uh, so the same year, uh, the day the earth stood still. I haven't seen that. Oh, dog shit. Right. Bad, bad Keanu. Dog shit. And it's, it's the worst offender of that period. I, I think I've said it to you before. I think the late 10s through to the mid-teens might be the most aesthetically hideous era of film yep. ever. Right. That blue-grey colour scale, it's digital effects that are just yep. too ambitious for the technology and just look like shit, have aged yep. awfully. And The Day That Earth Stood Still is a perfect example of that. Right. Incoherent garbage, just pixels. Yep. Awful. Okay. Yeah. I have a feeling that's not coming up in season no. two. No, I would watch the original The Day That Earth Stood Still. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Well, what about this movie, The Happening? I don't know that film. That's the M. Night Shyamalan one where the Earth is trying to kill everyone, Zooey Deschanel and uh, oh. Mark Wal- Wahlberg. Oh, is that the, the, the plants? Or, yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, is that that far back? Yeah, yeah. Fuck, man, we're getting old. Yeah, I know, Whoa. I know. Uh, 
Then there was the double from Marvel, Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. Right, yeah. okay. By the way, I should just point out the year that was, I'm only mentioning sci-fi movies, yeah, of course. So, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Um, someone might be saying, 2008, I can't believe he's not mentioning The Dark Knight, but that is not a sci-fi movie, that is a gangster <laughs> and film. And he just did. Have a drink. <laughs> and then uh, The X-Files, I Want to Believe, came out. Right. Which is, yeah. man. Ten years too late, I think. Yeah, The X-Files, what a fascinating... Like, I feel like the first five seasons culminating in that first film is like a scorching I run. I fucking adored The X-Files when I was a teenager. Yeah. Ooh. But that that is one of those TV series. Like, I still think if if Lost had been an HBO series uh, and you got half the amount of episodes and they weren't, you know, they were free to air. Uh, and like The X-Files, they had to fulfill a quota of 22 to 25 episodes a year. Yeah. A year. Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. you had to keep going. Yeah. And if, then you'd just bring in new writers. Yeah. Whereas if The X-Files had been 10 to 13 episodes a season mm. and it ran for six seasons with it with an ending, yeah. it would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, anyway, so that's not a that's not that that movie has one of the worst after credit scenes I have ever seen in that, a film. Is that the one with Billy Conley in it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd never saw that one. I saw the first movie, but uh by then I was I'd cycled out of the X Files. There's an after credit scene where it's like a camera just like like while the credits going it's like over uh over the ocean, like mm. it's just looking at the ocean. Mm. And then it then suddenly it's Mulder and Scully like in like like from a distance looking down, like on a, I don't know, whatever it is you sit on when you sit in the ocean having a cocktail kind of thing, uh, or like a thing and look up and they wave and it's like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> what? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I've never, like it was, you know, there's moments in your life when you're ridiculously <laughs> angry over something that's not important. I don't know if you can relate to this. Yeah, and no, the, not at all. Uh, <laughs> But it was like one of those things where I was like, I had to fight the urge to just stand up and say, fuck you. That's like the freeze frame at the end of an episode of Hawaii Five O or something. What the fuck were they thinking? I don't know. I don't know. It's like sometimes people... People create great stuff and they don't know what the, what, yeah. what it is. Yeah, 100%. You know? A lot of the... Yeah. More often than um, you would think, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. So, it's very interesting that Wally comes out amongst all of that. There's a lot going on yeah. in all of those movies. Yeah. And you can see why it's... Like, it made my top five that year for radio. Wally, so yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and it it was a breath of fresh air for me. It's actually a lot darker than a lot of those movies as well. Weirdly, yes, mm. we'll get into that as well. Before we uh, really start to uh, tick into this, do you anthropomorphize objects? Uh you know, not really. I, I, I you know, I do that. I, I can't remember what the, what the what the term is. It what the term for it is, but that human compulsion to see faces in everything. Yeah. Which is very natural. Yeah. I do that a lot. No, I don't really anthropomorphize stuff. Yeah. No. I I have... I do, uh, I do with animals, but not with ab- objects. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. I, uh, so, I reckon I do, and I reckon the evidence is right behind you. Because I, I have to say. I have that... Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I talked about it in that show that I uh, did where um, the, the uh, fourth John Tilde Animus show where... 
and it's a true story where that 2013 bear was in where I was living was being thrown out and it was just in the in the rubbish and I kept going downstairs and kept going downstairs and it was it was there for like a week and it just looked so fucking sad and it had a um it had a thing on its label saying who are uh, belong to and yeah. I was trying to work out who it belonged to and then eventually anyway we've been living together for ages we're having a good time <laughs> like being serious like was there was it, was it genuinely weighing on your conscience that it just looks sad that this software was yeah. in the bin <laughs> and it was I think it was I think it was over uh, it wasn't like in the bin it was in the uh Hard rubbish area. Right, so right, it was right. sitting on top of the table and there was all shit from arsehole to breakfast yeah, around yeah, yeah. there. And there's this goddamn 2013 bear. <laughs> and I, there was just something... It, it is one of my weaknesses. Like, some of my friends, I'll walk along and if I see a massive bear uh, or anything, yeah. I'll take a photo of it and send it to them and go, oh, no. And my friends will write... <laughs> You can't, you can't take it back. You're a, all I'm imagining is the scabies and the bed bugs that oh, walk through it. it. It's like, yuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave it a wash. 2013 bit. Like, he looks great. <laughs> I definitely do it. I definitely do it to animals, and I do it a lot to bugs. Like right. a little cockroach in Wally. Yep. I relate to that a lot. Yeah. There's a cockroach that hangs out in my kitchen. Yeah. And I have developed a genuine, <laughs> a genuine warmth for this guy. Yeah, like I see him, and, it's like, and he's practically tame now. Like he doesn't even scurry away when I walk yeah. in, like like the little cockroach and Wally. Exactly. That's like my mate Brett Wheeler and I when we lived yeah. together in our twenties in Adelaide, and there was a, there was a mouse in our house, and we were trying to catch it, and we couldn't catch it. And then one day we cornered it in a corner, and uh, like in a uh, behind a an oven, and that, and we finally had it. We had a plastic bag, and we were going to get a, a stick to kind of get it into the yeah, bag, yeah, yeah. and it looked at us and it turned around and just shook its ass at us and then Wheeler said I kind of like him I said yeah I do too <laughs> and then we called him come get some and you know I remember a friend was over and come get some ran through the lounge and ran off you know out the back and yeah. our friend was like Jesus what's that and that's ah, just our mouse come get some <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that says good things about you and Brett yeah, yeah it does yeah, yeah. you know like I don't get those I don't get people that want to crush Bugs and no. little mice and this no. kind of thing. It's like it's just. I've accidentally killed bugs. Like like I've, I've worked really hard on uh, over the years of not being scared of spiders, and I try yeah. to catch them. And like I don't want them in the house, yeah. but I try to catch them and, and let them go free. Yeah. And sometimes when I've accidentally crushed them while That's trying to catch horrific. them, he's like, "Oh man, I'm sorry." I adore spiders. I will always let a spider live in my home. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I like superstitious kind of connection to it yeah where it's like a real kind of a, almost a quasi spiritual thing that's what happens when you make, take too many magic mushrooms in your early 20s and watch all of David Attenborough's Life in the Undergrowth in one night feels you, like everyone should do yeah, that you, you wake up the next morning and suddenly killing bugs ain't an option anymore yeah yeah yeah. I've got to, I've got to pick this up yeah uh, I have a little uh, a little list for you yeah. um, that I was going to ask you to make up a list and I thought nah this would be more fun yeah. I'm going to throw some robots at you yeah. From uh, movies, yeah. and I want you to tell me where Wally ranks in sure. comparison. Sure. So, uh, uh, R2D2? Uh, uh, I knew you'd give me Star Wars robots. I don't like R2D2. I feel like I, I feel like I like R two D two. I like him but, a lot more than C three PO. Well, you, you know, C three PO is not on this list because I had a feeling, you know. But you know, I, I just feel like it's the, um, you know, it's uh, you just think too much. Of them. 
that this is my this is my issue. <laughs> I love it. We've been talking for like twenty minutes, and we've talked about every movie that's not Wally. But oh yeah, no, my, no, no. I've got some good stuff. This here, is my issue with Star Wars. It is not Star Wars, and and like I probably have an irrational distaste for Star Wars. I really don't like it. But it isn't the movie. It is the just let me live one day of my fucking life without this thing being bombarded into my face. I get it. Yeah, it was a very. Special movie for a yeah. generation of people in the late seventies. Why can I not turn left or right without seeing Darth Vader yeah. or R two D two? It's just the overexposure of it that I yeah. that I blanch against. And, and, and as we, and as we said before, I never saw Star Wars as a kid. Yeah, I saw it the first time when I was in my twenties. Yeah, and so it was. And, but having never seen it, could still name every single character. Yeah, I remember yeah. one day sitting in a pub and there was a poster of you know a hundred different Star Wars characters. Yeah, and I knew them all. Yeah, just from osmosis. Yeah, and that is full on, <laughs> isn't it? That's it's like when. You know, I remember doing Stu Saunders' podcast because uh, he's a big Star Wars yes, fan and I'd yes. go on and be able to talk about stuff and then mm. one day I kind of told him that I wasn't a really big fan and he was like, "How? What? but you know all this stuff. Like, how do you... Have? And I was like, oh, I like... Cultural zeitgeist, mate. Mate, I am across it. Yeah. Uh, the Vision? The Vision... I didn't like The Vision up until WandaVision. Yeah. And now I love The Vision. Well, I feel like they're finally... Oh, like probably the most nuanced character in the entire stable of characters at this point. Good performance by Paul Bettany. Even when it wasn't quite, they weren't quite getting it right, his performance was always still solid. Yeah, I really liked, uh, I didn't like the movie, but in Age of Ultron, that little interaction he has at the end is fabulous. Yeah. Yep. Just before he blasts him away with his uh, head laser. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Tars? Who's Tars? Oh my God. Wait, remind me who's Tars? Interstellar. Oh, Ta- yeah, Tars is great. Yeah, I That's love Tars. That's probably my favourite of them all. Yeah. It's the humour setting. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Any, any sardonic robot yeah. is, uh, is a, I'm a fan of. Uh, you know, and I'm going to blow you out the airlock. Uh, can you put the humour rating down to 80%? Knock, knock. How about 75? <laughs> but McConaughey's great with him as well. You yeah. know, like it's all... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's not... Let's not make everyone really drunk by me banging on about Tars for too long. What about uh, Roy Batty? Roy Batty, yeah. Because, uh, you know, that, that, this is why I wanted to bring this up before we get into it, because th- all these different shapes and sizes, yeah, and, yeah. you know. Uh, Roy Batty is, look, full confession, not a huge fan of Blade Runner. Yeah. Love the aesthetic. Yeah. Very pretty, yeah, and I love putting it on in the background to just look at, yeah. But it's not a movie that moves me terribly, right? However, to be a hideous cliche, that speech at the end is outstanding. Oh yeah, and Tears like in the, the rain. Rooker, how are, yeah, like made it, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, you know what I love about the 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 um that character is the um you cannot just put him in the evil basket, no. There is there, there there is true motivation and there's the true fear of death. Yeah. And you understand that when someone is that afraid of death, they're probably willing to do extreme things when they know that uh, the clock is ticking. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, full disclosure, when no one's here, I like to run around in my underwear going, four, five, stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing worse than an itch that you can't scratch. <laughs> Did you see Trainspotting 2? Yes. Isn't that bizarre that they kind of recreate the Roy Batty chasing yes. him around scene at the yes. end of that movie? Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. odd, right? It's an odd film. 
odd film. I enjoyed it a lot, but it's a strange movie. I kind of enjoyed it too. And yeah. I know lots of people hated it, but I was like, I feel like maybe if you're a middle-aged man, you watch it and you go, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I don't make sense either. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and there was a lot of postmodern flourishes all the yeah. way through it. I thought it was a, that's an interesting film. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I am a massive Blade Runner fan, but I mm. saw Blade Runner at the cinema. Uh-huh. Like, mum took me to it, and I was young. Yeah. And, like, imagine being, what, I must have been nine or ten, sitting in the cinema watching that. Yeah coming off the back of loving Harrison Ford as like being one of the first actors that was my guy. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, not yeah. like I love Steve McQueen, but that was mum's guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ford's my guy, yeah. you know, and just sitting there. And the, But that means I grew with the mythology of, you know, there's a deleted scene that uh, he, you know, so I have so all So you went that. and saw the original one with the voiceover? Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. Wow, okay, yeah. right, right, yeah. okay. And I have to say... I love the voiceover, and I know everyone says, "Oh, yeah, he didn't want to do it." And uh, yeah. but as a kid, the, that lent to the world weariness. And I think as a kid, it would have made the film less abstract and maybe a bit more linear, right? Yeah. Because when you said you saw it as an eight-year-old, my first yeah. thought was, "Weren't you bored shitless?" No, nah. because it moves. You know, it's a very uh, ponderous movie. Oh no, I was overwhelmed with how beautiful it was. It was like a real, yeah, 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 real thing for me. And it's very, it's it's really interesting. Uh, there's lots of people like. Uh, uh, our friends uh, Will and Charlie don't really like it mm. and that, but I think if you came in at the right moment and yeah. that, while everyone else was liking Star Wars, this guy's liking Blade Very Runner, good. you know? like Not yeah. not, not in a, I'm going to make a decision to be different, but it was just like, what is this? Yeah. And also, the once again, the moral ambiguity yeah. of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I saw the, um, the miniatures, the actual miniatures from that um, movie at the... Um Museum of the Moving Image in New no. York. Yeah, they're beautiful. Oh, beautiful yeah, I would models. love that. Uh, the Gunslinger from Westworld. <laughs> I don't know. I, I enjoy Westworld. Don't have a great connection to it. Yeah. But I do, you know, I, I've, I've always been from a young age because I saw, you know, you talk about seeing Blade Runner at eight. I saw Terminator 2 around yes. that same age. Right. And so the concept of the monomaniacal, unstoppable machine that you cannot negotiate with yeah terrified me yes it terrified me more than any kind of movie monster or anything because it always seemed like you could negotiate with Dracula or whatever right or at least there was a time in the day where he couldn't get you yeah but th- these guys you know so yeah that I, I, I always gravitate towards those unstoppable characters yeah you know crawling towards you while their legs are broken off they're oh, still yeah. coming for you yeah it's full on yeah. I haven't watched Westworld since I was a kid to be honest but it was one of those films that was strangely on quite a bit when I yeah, was young right. so I've seen so I saw it a lot before I was 10. Weird you know? fucking movie. And yeah, Yul Brynner is such a yeah. iconic uh, look at the best of times, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, a few more. Uh, David in Prometheus. Not the rest, uh, not the second one, but just David. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said that, all I can remember was that scene where it's the two of them playing Mate, I can't together. cope. I'll do the finger work. <laughs> I'll do the fingering, isn't I'll it? I'll do the fingering. Yeah. And it's like... And I was in a cinema that burst out laughing and you're sitting there going, now, is this intentionally funny? Because if it's intentionally funny, you've done a bad job of setting it up to be funny. And if it's not intentional, like, if I was was just some arsehole in catering who just happened to see that moment, I would have to take Ridley Scott aside and say, hey, I know I'm not important, but you know when he says fingering, a lot of people are going to laugh because they're going to think of 
being at the drive-ins and getting excited. Uh, like, but, do you know that what I mean? was by design, right? Like that, it was supposed to be quite a homoerotic scene, wasn't it? That's well, how I, I read the scene. Well, I see. You, I they just, want to fuck each other, right? But I or he wants to fuck himself. Well, but this is my. <laughs> like to me, it's not made well enough to know if it is or isn't. Like yeah, if it yeah, yeah. was meant to, but also, <laughs> why are these two dudes going to finger each other? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. We, sometimes we love ourselves more than we can love anyone else. Uh, even when I'm feeling great, I don't finger myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah. This conversation's gone. Uh, uh, Two more. Uh, we're, we're talking might... about a fucking Disney movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, God, there's so many people listening now. Oh, isn't this going to be sweet? Oh, we'll put it on for the kids so they can talk about the themes. Holy shit, let's turn this off. Uh, I don't want to mention this too much, but just in comparison to Wally, uh, Huey, Dewey and Louie in a oh, movie that from... we're going to watch very soon. Sure. Uh, and Silent Running. Silent Running. You know what? Uh, you and I might have been a little... Um... Intoxicated the last time we watched Silent Running, so oh, yeah. uh, I might need to rewatch that before I can uh, oh, yeah. give a proper opinion. Mate. <laughs> so, like, if I was to like, I would put Wally, like, I put them, I put that little fella in that class, and I've got a squid bit about yeah. that, like, in cuteness, and then finally uh, the fembots from Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Austin Powers since I was 17, and right. I think my uh, brain might have been clouded with cum when those uh, fembots walked on screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just keeping our Disney <laughs> thing going with that comment. Yeah. But the, um, yeah, it's so funny. The uh... <laughs> Would you have sex with a robot? <sighs> Probably not. I don't think I would either. I think, I think that I would have an ethical issue with it. Right. Because what is, is the, is, is it conscious? Right. Or is it is it feigning? Because you know it would have to be it would have to feign if it was feigning desire, lust, orgasms, all these things. It yeah. would have to be convincing enough that you were convinced it was real. Yeah. At which point you know that, and then that opens up the whole AI issue of like, well, if it thinks it's real, it's real. Right. And you know. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't have sex with a robot. No, I don't think I would either. But if anyone's listening to this in the future and it's a, and this has turned out to accidentally be a slur, can you please not cancel us because we, we didn't know any better. Well, didn't Elon Musk say that uh, recently that he's like a couple of years away from the first fully functional sex robot? Oh, uh, look, to be honest, I, I firmly uh, come on the side of... Uh, Alice Fraser's comment where Elon Musk is a child's idea of a grown-up. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> to me, he's also... Um, oh, turns out if Tony Stark was real... That's fucking crazy. Not as much fun. Yeah. Okay. Would you have been happy... And by the way, I really like Wally. I really enjoy this yes, movie yes, a lot. Yes. And as I said, back in the day, it was in my top five for the year. But... Can I predict what you're about to ask me? Yes. Would I have been happy if the entire movie was just them on Earth rooting through trash and never going to the spaceship almost okay. would you have been happy if this movie was just Wally the cockroach and their ongoing battle to keep that one plant alive yeah 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 actually uh, I, pre- I think this the first half an hour of this movie is, I mean the whole movie is great yeah I think the first half an hour is exceptional so and that- I think it's almost almost disappointing when they phew, off into space it's so funny come in. that's what made me think of the, the, the idea of comparing the robots mm. came from that exact thought yeah. and applying it. It's like, oh, that's how I feel about Prometheus. I wish it had just been they find the things in the cave and then it's just David 
going about, you know, watching Lawrence yeah. of Arabia and doing his hair, which is such a inspired yeah. moment, all that. And then it's like, oh, don't wake everyone up. Yeah, 100%. And that, yeah, I think the, um, you know, because it's almost like a silent film, mm. that first half an hour. Mm. And there's so much emotion coming out through body language and yeah. through small noises um, that when we get into the full wacky territory up in space with, mm. the, with the people on their... Mobility scooters and everything. Um, you know, it's all. I mean, it, it is a, a very. It, it takes a very hard left turn. It's a yeah. very different movie. How you yeah. know? It, like, imagine if the film was he finds the plant and he's got to try and save it against the elements, and the elements obviously right. are awful. Brutal. It's obviously a sequel to Interstellar because of yeah. the dust storms and everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how. Ping. <laughs> Have another drink. Uh, but uh, and then maybe. He realizes he needs help, and he starts remaking, like making other Wallies come to life. And yeah. then, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's. I think that says a lot about us. That that's where we would have taken the movie. But yeah. um, is there a reason that our little fella is the only one still working, or is that just in the broader scheme of things? Like, is that just a quirk of luck? Well, no. I was I was thinking about this because clearly Wally, either through design. Or through some kind of robot evolution, has developed a mm. rudimentary consciousness. Yeah, uh, and he is constantly repairing himself. Mm. It seems to me that over the over the hundreds of years that these robots have been packing up all this trash, mm. there's been just massive deterioration. They've mm. broken down. Some for some reason, you know, maybe the diabolical creator of the Wallies made one of them mm. semi-conscious yeah. just to see what had happened. You know, um, for a cute little fella, he's a cannibal. Oh, I'm, oh my brother's bugger. Yeah. I'll just take you some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was just one of those things where it's not it's not an important part of it. But I was just like, oh yeah, I, I wonder if. It, you know, someone messed around with him or, you know, is there, is there, is there something interesting in the idea that if, if you just keep existing, you'll just develop traits? Well, I mean, yeah, evolution shows that, right? Right. That's literally, that's literally the basis of evolution. An organism, you know, obviously intergenerationally, not one, you know, one organism. Yeah. But intergenerationally, it's just incremental changes that, uh, lead to self-awareness and consciousness yeah um you know i i I was thinking obviously i was applying too much thought to a children's movie about a robot but i was thinking that when i was watching it it's like you know because he has that moment at the end where he's Mm. rebooted and he has no recognition yes of eva or eve um and it's almost like he's returned to his original state yeah so at some point along the way, he has developed an appreciation for items. Yeah. You know, he's developed this friendship with this cockroach. Yeah. He, he's developed the ability to feel love. Yeah. Um, and so, again, whether that's by design or whether that's just that he's been around for such a long time. Because you, when you see the corpses of his um, brother, Wallis, Yeah. They've really rusted out. Yeah, like they're they've been dead a long time. He's been there a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He um, he feels fear, mm. but I also loved. You know, he finds a box with a diamond in it. Goes, oh, great box! Isn't that a great? <laughs> I, I love it, it. It was such a great statement about you know the, the value of things. Yeah, you know, and I often think about that. You know, what will future archaeologists or you know aliens if they land a million years from now what are they going to make of all that junk <laughs> like, oh really? yeah it, it's like you know i mean it, it really emphasizes that a diamond has no value 
No. Like a bar of gold has no value. No. It's no more valuable than anything else. Yeah. It's just the human, this, the status that we put on that object. Yeah. Um, and so what will the valuable things be a thousand years from now, a million years from now? At one point, aluminium was the most expensive metal on earth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's funny, isn't it? The, the, the climate change situation that we are in at this precise moment in time is incapable of being solved because of the imaginary uh, device that we created which is the economy mm-hmm. which is imaginary like it it's imaginary exist. like it, it doesn't exist like and but we're we're governed by it it's uh, the classic of be careful of your things owning you and then when you think about it gold is a prized commodity mm. and it is a fucking shiny rock it's useless it's the, our our downfall goes all the way back to dudes just going, I like this one because it's shiny. It literally has no practical application. No. There's nothing that gold... I mean, maybe there is. They're good at killing Cybermen for the Doctor <laughs> Who fans out there. You know? Yeah, okay. Well, apart from killing apart Cybermen, from that, there's really, really no practical use to gold. No. Um, other than its scarcity, you know? Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it was. I, I love that moment where he keeps the box. I yep. mean, again, and, and, and keeping with that very childlike nature of Wally, that's exactly what kids do. Yeah. You buy the most expensive toy in the world, they'll play with the box. Yeah, they'll play. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they sit in the box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I will say gold did inspire a, a great song by Spandau Ballet that was one of my go-tos at karaoke. Gold! So, always believe in your soul. <laughs> um, okay, so the first time Wally sees Eve is a very human reaction. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you've been around someone that you've looked at and gone, holy shit, what is happening here? <laughs> Has it been... I, I don't even mean like a, a girl. Like it's, it's, For me, it's been like... I remember... So my friend Brett Wheeler, who's the six, uh, used to play basketball, six foot ten. Yeah. I remember meeting his teammate Chris Anstey, yeah. who's seven foot, and I genuinely had a moment of going... I can't believe I'm in a room where Will is the second tallest person. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just kind of, you know, there was just this moment of looking at him going, what is happening here? I I have it with people, uh, people with unique brains. Right. Right. I often get that. That, That's, that's usually what kind of gets my, you know, me fired up. You know, Uh, I recently had a, uh, for a project that's coming out very soon, uh, I had a long conversation with a um, professor of fish consciousness. Right. And I developed a massive platonic crush on him. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. As soon as we met, we just locked in and we talked for two hours and it was just, and it was one of those great conversations where it's like. There was no um, there was no ah, there was no awkwardness. We just went straight in. Yeah. And we, you know, we were just delighted by each other. And yeah. that, that's, that's what puts me in that kind of goo-goo state or that, that state of, you know, pitter-patter, the heart beating and all that stuff. Romantically, I tend to... Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm just maybe it's because I'm eighty percent scar tissue. But these days, if I feel that, if I feel that, I'm like, no, I'm just like turn oh, yeah. away from it. Like, ah, uh, oh, she's shiny. You know what I'll do? Yeah. Never talk to her yeah, again and yeah. just keep life simple. Uh, yeah, like oh, I'm yeah. temporarily insane right now. I'm not making any life decisions. No, that's a really good decision. Mm. Uh, that is the right decision <laughs> when you go. You know, it is one of those things where, hey, maybe we should date. And it's like, you know what? Like for you, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way. Uh, the, Here's a here's a little nerdy uh, comparison. I felt that Wally and, and Eve's relationship was reminding me of Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like one of the most underrated relationships in all of comics. Yeah. That is such a delight where you have the super escape artist yeah. from another planet yeah. who has the wonderful girlfriend who is the one who can beat the shit out of everyone. Yeah. And he has and he no, loves it. Yeah, and he loves it. And he has no uh, self-consciousness about it. Yeah. He doesn't doubt his own masculinity. No. The fact that his uh, wife is two feet taller than him, yeah. can beat the shit out of everyone, yeah. which is a true manifestation of his uh, sense of self, much like Max in Fury Road. Oh, which yeah. Which is what all yeah. those fucking incels didn't oh, understand. Oh, God. You know, yeah. oh, Max's masculinity has been compromised. Yeah. No, Max, Max's masculinity has been solidified, you fucking idiot. Yeah. He can very easily hand the rifle to her and go, no, you take the shot because you're better at this. Yeah. That's a man that understands his limitations. Yeah. Oh, and just pay attention. Yeah. Like, he has that great moment where he goes off and when he comes back, he's covered in other people's blood. Yeah. Like, he can still yeah. do shit, he's you still idiots. Max. Just yeah, chill the fuck God. out. It's such a little boy's conception of masculinity, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm tough guy. You big beat you up. Uh, okay, oh, yeah. All right, man. All right, man. Uh, what a shame that you all get to vote. Um, well, oh, <laughs> so when when Wally is showing Eve his stuff, did you have pangs to the heart because it reminded you of when you first started dating women? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If not, then neither did I. <laughs> Look at my bookshelf; these yeah. books define me. <laughs> I know. I still feel that way. I still feel like my Same. whole apartment is like this is the inside of my, my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Totally. I know. I found. I found all of that, and her. <clears throat> Like, I think she breaks something <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you yeah. go, oh, yeah, no, I get that. Uh, fuck. What are you Look doing? how proud I am of these things that I had nothing to do with the creation of. I know. <laughs> but I find, I find that moment really yeah. kind of really full of emotion and I oh, get a yeah. little bit, oh. Oh, yeah, I, I, I 100% do. I mean, I collect Blu-rays mm. uh, and I'm very fastidious with my Blu-ray collection. Mm. It's very curated. Mm. There's nothing in there that isn't like a very important movie to me something that you know and there's some nights I go to put a Blu-ray on and then I realise that I've just been sitting in front of the shelf for like half an hour oh my god oh my god yes (laughs) I do that all the time it's like you know it's like I'm like covered in cobwebs and dust. I haven't moved for three weeks. So I was, like, oh, I was just going to make a decision on what to watch for 20 minutes. This is a disaster. Uh, the moment they're flying around in space with the fire extinguisher mm. is one of the most beautiful and peaceful yeah. scenes in a movie. I've always said if you wanted to explain t- to children to picture what poetry's like for the soul, I'd get yeah. them to watch this scene. Um, is it, I feel like that's my... Uh, once again, it feels like a bit of a cliche, but I feel like that's my favourite scene of the movie. Though I do, mm. I do quite like the, you know, when she shuts down and he's like looking after her. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, find yeah. all of that pretty adorable as well. Yeah. But uh, do you have a favourite kind of moment in the film? Like, <laughs> the moment, <laughs> the moment where she gets stuck to the magnet in the shipping yard, and oh, just the yeah. body language of her wrenching free of the magnet yeah. and, and, and vaporising the boats and just the absurd mushroom clouds. Yes. To, 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 to <laughs> it's so over the top. It makes me laugh every time I see it. I love that. And, and like I said, the first uh, the first half an hour, I think, is just yeah. spectacular. And I think it's, um, you know, there's a lot of warmth in there and there's a lot of um, sweetness, but it's also f- fucked up. Yes, it's yes. fucked up. Everything's dead. You don't yeah. see a bird. 
Yeah. You don't see a mouse. No. You don't see fucking anything. Mate, it's a cockroach yeah. and Wally. And dead robots everywhere and just shit, junk, yeah. and fucking signs for malls. And oh my literally, God. my literally what I see in my mind's eye when I'm at my most anxious. Ah, uh, I the follow, end of all things. I follow a site on uh, Instagram called It's Abandoned. Oh, and great. it's kind of mesmerizing and horrific. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can't stop looking at it, and but it's making you feel anxious. I have a friend who every weekend will go to an abandoned something. Yeah. She loves it. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's so many so many places as well where you think you could do something fascinating with this. And once again, the things that we invent like red tape, and, uh, you know, and all of that. But the, mo- uh, the, the most chilling thing about the landscape in Wally is that nature has not reclaimed anything. Yes. That's what's truly horrifying. Because, yes. you know, even Chernobyl, 50 years later, well, you know, there's deer everywhere, yeah. there's trees everywhere. Yeah. It's quite beautiful. I mean, that's really probably the only thing that brings me any kind of solace when I think about the state of the environment or the world is thinking in deep time and thinking that, well, you know, we'll probably kill everything. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of mass extinctions. Yeah. million years, two million years it'll just start again. But to look at a world where that's not even, that hasn't happened. Yeah. Hundreds of years have passed and there's nothing. It's barren. That is an outcome that is beyond thought. That is truly, that is truly horrifying. Yeah. To think that we would kill it to such a degree that it couldn't even recover. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God. (laughs) All right, let's uh, just have a little fucking breather. (laughs) But I do agree. I agree with all of that. And that's, Mm. you know, it's uh, such a clever film when you finally see that bit of green and how that green pops. Pops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like and how I do, fragile it is and how fragile it is and you do and and I love the it's one of the many things that endears you to Wally where his first thought is well I better I gotta look after this yeah. I get this and I better yeah. look after it yeah yeah uh, I, uh, the more I think about it the more it's like God uh, like I'm sure it would have made a third of the amount of money but if it had been just you know, eighty minutes of yeah. like an eighty-minute film. Love just it. that would have been great. It's interesting when he take when he when he he scoops that plant up because it's not like the other items. Mm. There's a delicacy to how he picks it up, mm. and there's an intuitive realization that he has to gather the soil as well. Yeah, you know, you would think that he sees this green thing. Well, why not just rip it out of the ground? Yeah, yeah, rip it out and take it. But he yeah. doesn't. He scoops it up, and he there, there's something in him that understands this is different. Yeah. This is organic. Yeah. i got to look after this. Yeah. This is uh, something that I have potentially never come across yeah. or am finally coming across yeah. again. Yeah. What was your first reaction to the people living on the ship when uh, you get there? <laughs> it reminded me of a mall that I went to in LA one time. <laughs> it's um, it's confronting. Yeah. You know, I mean, not just... I mean, it's, it's actually quite... Um, quite striking because I don't know that that kind of um, depiction of morbidly obese people would be shown in a film made today. Right. It feels like, you know, that it would be accused of fat fat, shaming shaming and all the rest. Um, Again, I just think in metaphor, it's like, well, how are we not already there? We're already there. That's that's us. Just floating around, fucking staring at our screens, not interacting with each other. Yeah. Just, I've I've often thought, you know, the the, the apocalypse of the human soul is the uh, um, desire for absolute comfort and convenience. Yeah. And to never feel 
out of place or to never feel any kind of discomfort whatsoever and to think that that's some kind of boon or benefit it's not you're fucking dead inside yeah and i think that they are the physical manifestation of that they've just they're checked out completely yeah. checked out the it's funny uh I do not uh, like. I do not judge people on their weight. Mm. I, uh, you know, uh, there are people who are larger that I think are really quite attractive and sexy yeah. because they are comfortable with it and yeah. feel it. I also have a real fear of personally being overweight mm. from a health point of view. Mm. Like it's a real like it. It bothers me. Mm. And watching this, my breathing. Oh, yeah. Both time, like each time I see it, it gets a little bit shallow when I first see them because I'm like, oh my god, the strain on the heart. Like yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. it's just. Uh... You know, I was morbidly obese. Do you no. know that? Oh, you didn't no. know that? Yeah. All th- well, I started. I started um, stacking on a lot of weight around the age of twelve. Okay. And then it re- it got and you know it's it, 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 it was that classic. First of all, it was the classic manifestation of addictive behaviour. Right. Uh, you know, which has been the curse of my entire life. Um, but it was also that horrific cycle. Right. That, that, you know, and I spend, you know, people can say, oh, you're being rude to fat people. I'm talking from my own personal experience. Yeah. It's the feedback loop of I'm disgusting, so I will punish myself further. Right. I'm miserable, you know, just loop, 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 loop. At my largest, I was 125 kilos. Really? And I'm five foot six. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So I was morbidly obese. Right. I had to have my clothes custom made because this is right. the mid 90s. Yeah. You know, fat kids were not dime a dozen. I was I was literally the only fat kid in the, in the entire school of a thousand kids. Mate, you're a trendsetter. Uh, yeah, exactly. Ahead of my time, always was. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was... So how'd you turn it around? Uh, <laughs> I hit 19 and realized I'd never get laid. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Like, that's a... What a good motivation. Oh, man. You put a fat a fat 19-year-old male in a on a treadmill and tell him he'll get laid at the end of it. That, he could power a fucking city. Right. It was just that. It was just <laughs> That's a what year. we need to do. It was just a year of sustagen and running around the block and doing yeah, push-ups and right. sit-ups. And, but, you know, I mean, the, 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 it, it, it's... It, it, there's nothing that can make you do it until you decide that you have to do it because it is initially insurmountable. Yes. It is insurmountable because you are basically telling someone you will not see any kind of real result for mm. probably a good year, at least six months. Yeah. And you're really going to have to fucking go for it. Yeah. Um, basically, I got to a stage in my life where I realized that in spite of a huge amount of self-loathing and body shame and all the rest, uh, I was essentially a confident person who really just enjoyed interacting with people right and i needed to get into a place in my life where i could walk down the street without thinking slash knowing that everyone was laughing at me or making fun of me which is what my entire adolescence was Uh. um you know just horrific which is why i became a hideous bully as well right you know because it was that thing of like my target was right out there yeah everyone could see it and people were not shy in you fat fuck all that stuff yeah yeah so my, and that learned behavior oh yeah you yeah. know i mean to this day i still have hunched shoulders i still you know recoil yep. all the rest and you know my body i've got stretch marks all up my stomach and everything from right. it um so it, it definitely left it, the, the scars both physical and psychological um but it's uh it was it was miserable yeah it was horrible yeah um you know and just that 
kind of being defined by that. Yeah. You know. Were you overwhelmed at first with the energy that you suddenly felt once you kind of got that fitness? No, I mean, no, because because by then the psychological scars were so deep that right. it, even when I... And I got quite slim. Fuck, I found a photo of myself when I was 21 the other day and I almost started crying, just going, dude... You look so good. Right, right. <laughs> you look so good. Mate, Got a look- big, thick shock of hair. Yeah. Big smile. Yeah. fucking great. Yeah. And in my head, it was just like this just shuffling monster. Just right. awful. Right. Um, you know, and that still carries over to, to now to a degree. Um, no, it was... I never had that moment where I was like, I'm... I'm a, I have bloomed as a butterfly. Oh, well, but no, I just meant more like I know when I'm really fit. Oh. I can barely sleep yeah right um oh look i was a chronic bong head so i had no oh, energy okay. anyway you, um, you were evening it out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the substance abuse tightrope <laughs> yeah no uh when i'm like eating really well and like at my fittest it's mm. suddenly it's like well it's 3 a.m and i'm oh, full yeah, of energy yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it's like five six hours sleep tops and it's like that's what's happening at the moment. I can, yep. I can only register five hours now. It's, um, <sighs> you know, because I'm living very clean at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Are yeah. you napping? No, I don't, I, I'm fine. Yeah. But it, it, about 1am, I get a little bit sleepy, but then 6am, boom, I'm awake. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm having to do, I'm having to use my elliptical a lot. I'm having to, re- there is a surplus of energy. Yeah. Um, you know, which is making me realise it was probably all those bongs in my early 20s that was contributing, you know, a big factor in not having the energy. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, uh, it's- also still loving the sedentary lifestyle. Yeah. You know, when I look at those people in these, in these, mo- in this movie floating around, that like, I relate to that too. Right. I mean, I remember a time in my life when I would wake up in the morning, have a breakfast bong and just lie in bed watching The Matrix and playing video games and literally just going, fuck, I just wish I could just hook, hook a drip into my arm right. so I never have to move. Right. I'm happy doing this for the rest of my life. So I truly understand that desire for the sedentary lifestyle of... I don't want to do anything. Right. Um, thank God I've cycled out of that. Yeah. And these days, if I have a day where I don't do anything, I want to fucking die at the end of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like I relate. <laughs> That's funny. So I've been having trouble with writing of late and mm. uh, I think there's a few things going on. I think mm. some of it is like, you know, we're at, at this point that we're recording, it's been 12 weeks of lockdown and Jesus. something like that. Yeah. And it's, um, and so there's a little bit of not sure, like, I, I feel like I'm going through this, uh, little phase where it's like, you know, a friend of mine just offered me, uh, nights to do a stand up show and mm. I just have no desire <laughs> to write a show, just yeah. have no desire. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well then if you don't have a desire to write that and you've always wanted to do this kind of stuff, and I've, I've gotten a lot of joy out of writing and performing shows. And then uh, what do you want to write? And part of the issue that I'm having with writing is uh, I want to be out and about. Like one of the things yeah. I really resent about getting older mm. is that I would still love to play basketball, but mm. I also know that all it takes is me to – decide I want to go left and my body's not ready and then I'm going to be in traction for six weeks. Oh, yeah. So I'm, like, I want to be out and about. You know, and I love watching movies and that, but it's like, okay, let's do, let's go, let's do this, let's do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I know exactly. At the start of lockdown, I was watching two movies a day. I watched two movies a day for about a month. Right. So many movies. And I'm glad, but 
even watching Wally this week was difficult. Yeah. Even sitting for an hour and a half and just watching a movie. Yeah. Because I'm really in that phase now of like, let's fucking move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go. Um, so does Fred Willard's character <laughs> of Shelby Forthright, the CEO of the by and large corporation and president of Earth, do they accidentally predict Trump? Yeah, of I've never thought that before because well, I haven't watched it since Trump became president. And then yeah. I was rewatching it, going, "Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I would take Fred Willard over Trump any day. No, of there's course. A sweetness, there's a sweetness to Fred Willard at least. Yeah, even even <laughs> even when you realise that he's done the dirty, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. still a little bit boys. Better clean things up, yeah. you know. But the final frontier. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? Um, he is. Uh, I, I was just watching it and it was like, wow, then this comes out eight years before. And, yeah. and it's, it's it's that dude. Yeah. I'm also fascinated that he's live action. That's what I was going to comment on. That, I think, is a very interesting choice. And I don't think it's purely cosmetic that the people evolve into... They're not even real anymore. Yes. They start real. Yes. It's not just that they're fat now floating around on little floating benches. Yeah. They're not even real. They're yeah. plastic people. Yeah. You know, and I think that's fascinating, you know, and you see that when, when they pan over the portraits of the captains, the previous yeah. captains. It's a real, real person at the beginning and slowly morphs into this CG creation. Yes. Um, they could have very easily just had a CG... Um, Fred Willard. Yeah, yeah. But the, I think the choice to make them real and then de-evolving into these plastic things yeah. is very uh, pointed commentary as well. Uh, I have some really good stuff in Squid Bits about the development of uh, of what the people were going to look like. And oh, it's yeah. really, it's interesting. But yeah, I think you've nailed it. Yeah. It's exactly that. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh no, we... We evolve into two-dimensional fatties. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's disappointing. With no passion, no nothing. You know, oh, the lack just... of passion—that's the thing. But right? I mean, dude, we're already, we're already, fucking, we're already halfway there. We really are. Yeah. You know that disconnect that people have is profound. Yeah. You know, you go, you go to a gallery or a festival. I mean, not anymore, but that was a, a nice thing that we used to do. Oh, yeah, I remember um, that. Remember those? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, and you're looking at the most awe-inspiring thing you've ever seen, and then you look around and no one's looking at it. They're all just fucking taking a photo of it so that they can not look at it later, so they can outsource the memory to their phone. It's just this... I, I once went on a glass-bottomed helicopter ride into the Grand Canyon at sunrise. It was like a religious experience so beautiful and I look around and not one fucking person not one fucking person was looking at it they were all filming it and looking at it through this pixelated viewfinder and it was just if you're not here now what makes you think you're going to be here when you're watching the thing back you fucking moron you're not here like I hear your anger I hear your anger it drives me insane yeah I feel like there's something to that. If you're not here now, when are you here? When are you here? If you're not here at sunrise, yeah. as the fucking ground opens up into the biggest trench of all time, and yeah. you're like, whoa, oh, yeah. how cool is this? Yeah, okay. How spiritually dead are you? What is going on with this fucking species? I can't... Yeah. And, then, and then you extend this out to this space tourism thing that's going to kick off now. Yeah. That's exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. You know? They, they, all, all the astronauts talk about the, the, the religious awe of seeing the Earth from space yeah. and how it changed them for life. I guarantee nine out of ten people it won't affect them in the fucking slightest. Yeah. Because they'll be looking at it through their screen. Oh, how kills this? So the first time that ever became something that I got angry about 
was at concerts mm. where, and I forget, God, who was it? Anyway, maybe it was Radiohead or someone like that. And the person next to me watched the whole <sighs> concert recording it through their phone. Ugh. And I'm like, mate, like, just check YouTube later. Like, totally. Like, be be here. This is why I never ta- I've never taken a camera on any, when I've gone to Japan, New York, London, I've never taken a camera. Because it's yeah. like, if I want a photo of the Chrysler building, hey, guess what? I can go to Google Images and get the greatest photo of the Chrysler building ever. Yeah. Sure, it wasn't the photo that I took, but the, yeah. the, the, the association is still there. I can still look at that picture and go, oh, I've been to that. Like, yeah. I don't need the, the half-framed shit photo with my thumb halfway over the view. Like, it's just yeah. terrible. I just don't. And the concert thing it just seems to be more like a bragging rights thing yeah so that at a party you can go oh check this out oh look at this oh see that white blob on oh, that's yeah. in a cave yeah, that's yeah. A ca- well i wouldn't have known if you didn't tell me because it's yeah. just a washed out image that i don't actually want to listen to because i'm at a party talking to people why are we all hunched over a phone looking at this terrible footage by the way for everyone listening uh ben Elwood just pointed out the last time that he had a camera because he made the comment i don't want to see a photo that's got a thumb over it and when was uh Picture and when was the last time uh, that ever became something? Because now you can delete it yeah, <laughs> immediately. Yeah, know. But you know, it's it's a funny thing. I, I agree totally with you. And it's the uh, like. So you know, when you're young, I, I, look, I don't think I'm unique in saying this, but I think a lot of people go through a photography. Uh, stage and I do I, I love uh, composition uh, yeah. it's it's why out of all of the social medias the only one that I actually genuinely enjoy is Instagram because I like yeah. lining things up I like yeah. trying to put things in a yeah. in a place and sorting it out mm. and uh, but you know the uh, the ubiquitousness of uh, photography has meant that it is, you know, and there's, there's like, everything. you know, a big shout out to anyone who's a photographer by profession listening to this because yeah. you must be going crazy because I know how annoying I annoyed I get when some asshole writes two jokes on fucking Twitter and starts calling themselves a comedian. <laughs> so I have no idea how photographers course, are going. Of course, and, and and the tragedy of what's happened to the art of photography. Do you remember when a photograph was seminal, right? And it actually was an image that was like etched into the ages yeah. when was the last photo that a photojournalist took that everyone's like whoa that image really shook yeah. me yeah and i'm thinking about it years later forget it it's just this deluge yeah of content more content more content for the pile yeah it's just you know and not everything's worth photograph you know what you know what's a great camera your fucking brain yeah your brain takes great photos yeah and they're in three dimensions and they've got the, they're fully synthesiac experiences yeah. that aren't reduced to this flat two-dimensional nothing yeah i just don't as i say if you weren't there when it was happening you ain't gonna be there yeah a week later looking at it on your hard drive and you may as well have never been there yeah you know the uh you know the scene where the humans finally i think their characters are john and mary and they mm. they see they wally and yeah, yeah and uh, i know that's kind of like i know the intention of that scene is that it's beautiful right. like it is beautiful and it is and it is a nice commentary but it's also <laughs> i don't know it kind of bums me out as well that yeah. you like it took two robots for you to go <laughs> Ah, oh, hang on a sec. What's we're happening in space. here? Wow. Hang on, we're touching hands. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a question. Where do those babies come from? Because oh, no one's fucking on that ship, mate. So you have uh, jumped ahead. So where that was two questions away. Roll with it. How do these people breed? They don't. That's, uh, I'm, I'm convinced it's like a brave new world setup. Right. 
Because uh, if they're not no talk- having sex. If they're not talking to each other and accidentally scraping your mitt against someone else's hand yeah. is some profound moment for you. No one's no one's having sex. We no one's having sex. Like you know, like you know what they you know what they're doing. They're watching Alien Covenant and they're not laughing when David says he's going to finger it because they're like, oh yeah, that's what you do with a flute. And it's like, and they're not even realizing that a flute is funny as well. Yeah. Come on, mate, fucking get into it. Yeah, no, I, I assume that there are. You know, it's Brave New World. Yeah, yeah, Just, yeah, uh, you yeah, know. yeah. No one's. Yeah, they're, 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 it's like uh, got to keep the species going. Yeah, it's the third Thursday. You know what it is? Jizz into a cup day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's keep that's the baby synthetic scene. Oh yeah, but well, no pop- wonder. Yeah, then that's why they're so what they look like now because yeah. it's exactly and and, and 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 then it and then it begs the question: At what point is the species just not worth fucking saving anymore? Well, you know, <laughs> like, like but also it's not just how do they have sex. It's also there's a like one of the things that I find fascinating about the the, the meticulous design of this spaceship yeah. is that there's a fucking giant swimming pool there, yeah. and what are they doing? Like, are they going? Oh, look at that water. Like, I don't even like swimming. Yeah. And I'd be like, have a, have a swim, you yeah. fucking well. lazy assholes. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, she even says, oh, we've got a pool. Yeah. She lived yeah. there her entire fucking life and she never realised there's <laughs> never a pool. Realised it. never showed up on the screen that's in her face. Like, I just don't know if I... Like, I do get to the end and, like, don't know if I should be rooting for them. I'm not. No. I mean, I'm not rooting for us, let alone no. these fucking... This iteration of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the. I mean, you know, it's it, it's telling that the that, that these robots have a much more humanity than, yeah. the, than the the quote unquote humans do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like they're expressing the full spectrum of emotion, and they're not even real. Yeah, and that's that's why I find that scene so fascinating because mm. it's like, yeah, I know this is great, but also like f- for fuck's sake, that's depressing as shit. It's a real bummer. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that we decided to start with two thousand one, and then two podcasts in. Yeah. We can feel the 2001 effect. Yeah, <laughs> like, literally. Like, what an inspired choice to have the music <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to accompany someone standing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really funny yeah. moment. And quite and quite um quite nasty. It's yeah. quite a nasty little moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's so like, once again 2001 just filtering into a little <laughs> yeah, Pixar yeah. movie well, and, and, and making the wheel a statement. Is hell. Yeah. Looks exactly like hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um the, the oh yeah did I miss any others yeah the wheel and there was uh, I think there was one other there's one robot the that's assessing them as they go up to yeah. see the captain that looks a lot like Al too yeah uh, where does this movie sit in your Pixar rank- rankings um probably um, probably in the top five let me just think my I mean my 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 absolute favourites are Soul and Inside Out uh. I really, really, really like um, the Toy Stories. Yeah, yeah, it must be up there because I'm not a huge Monsters Inc. fan. I, I, you know, I don't really even like Ratatouille very much. Right, which is uh, sinful. Yep. Um, yeah, top five. It's definitely top five for me. Maybe yeah. top three. Yeah. Like without busting a fucking nut trying to work out a definitive uh, 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 Ranking, but it's definitely top five. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we always like to finish up a little chat with a few segments. Segment, uh, the next one is who and how. Which character do you think you would be and how would you react in their place? <laughs> um, I'd, <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to think that I'd be Wally. Yeah. And I'd probably be... Uh, whatever. Semi-delighted that everyone was gone. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think so. Yeah. I, this is the one time that I reckon this question I'm definitely relating to Wally because I'm sitting there watching it going, I think this is me in lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pouring over your things. Yeah, pouring over my things, <laughs> you know, watching movies, feeling, yeah. you know, feeling deep emotion, yeah. seeing something that looks beautiful from my balcony and hiding, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. making sense. Well, it has to be Wally because I definitely don't relate. I mean, you know, I don't, I, I definitely be... don't relate to the, the, the human beings. No. You know, I mean, even, in, you know, I don't, up until two days ago, I didn't have the internet in my home. And I'm so resentful that I do. Yeah, I, don't I, have a sm- I don't have a smartphone. By I the way, even the way you told me on the phone <laughs> yesterday, you were like, it was like, it was like someone saying, I have to go back to work tomorrow. I'm You're like, so no, upset. I've got the internet. I told, I told our friend Sean about it. He just goes, yeah. dude, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I know. I felt <laughs> awful for you. Like, and, you know, so I, I, I blanch against the, the technology anyway. Um, so I definitely don't relate to the, and Eve, Eve or Eva is uh, way too much of a badass for me to be. Oh, yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's got to be Wally. Yeah. If if I was Wally, that would be me hanging out with Charlize Theron. <laughs> That's how I see that. Uh, next segment: better or worse? I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you two here. I'm going to give you I'm going to ruin it with one decision. I'm going to make it better with one decision. But you know, do you do you want to go first or? Well, I think I I, I think it, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. I I would have I would love to have seen this movie as an essentially silent movie of just yeah. a robot. I think that would have been profoundly bold. Right. I mean, I think it's already very bold. Yeah. To have yeah. The, the opening yeah. half an hour of a film be yeah. this, but I think I think it could be almost an art film, like yes. almost an avant-garde art film if it was just the yeah. robot on earth no no dialogue no yeah. humans so the the way i would improve it is uh you know once again it, it's saying improve but i think it's a great film yeah. so but i would improve the film by having wally and eve grab the plant the discarded you know broken down robots and they fly back to earth without uh, anyone yeah leave the humans in their yeah. little uh, spaceship so all the outcast robots together plant and they start working you know as a team they start working on things and and that actually would have been a lot more just because it's the robots that have been the yeah. caretakers of the planet yeah. you know I, th- th- that's a part that never really resonated with me when the captain keeps saying home we got to go home it's like dude this ain't your home what are you talking no. about you're not even the same species as, no. the, as the people that left like no. you have no connection to this place whatsoever yeah that's like me out of nowhere saying you know what i need to do go back to croydon primary school which doesn't exist yeah, anymore yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah or crawl back into the ocean yeah you know oh that's home we came yeah. from the ocean i'm gonna go and live in the ocean and well no it's like you know you don't have gills you can't yeah. live in the ocean yeah like, this idea that they're gonna go back down to earth they, don't, they have no skills <laughs> they, yeah. have no, they have no discernible Mate. anything and they're gonna what like clean up all that where's all that garbage going right they're what not are they gonna do with all that garbage they're not gonna do anything they're gonna do anything what are they doing I reckon I think most of them are going to get crushed to death when one of them says what's this and they pull something and a whole skyscraper falls they're going to be crushed to death just by gravity yes oh gravity yeah gravity is yeah. going to crush their bones into dust what are mate, you talking about mate. I know that they've got and it's a very beautifully animated sequence over the credits yes where you kind of see yes the evolution, the, the evolution of- uh, but my feeling is five minutes later they go you know what fuck this yeah back in the ship yeah 
you know, you think about the average person trying to change their life. Yeah. You know, and that's very hard. And more often than not, you cycle back to your bad habits. I don't think that these people who have no motivation, yeah. no nothing, they're yeah. like, yeah, let's fucking dig wells and yeah. replant the earth. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, it's not happening. Um, so that's that's why I love the idea. Like, even get the big Wally robots. Like, they just get into a big escape ship yeah, and yeah, they yeah. Uh, they run off with the plant. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just all of them. And then suddenly it's the, the end of Return of the Jedi, but no terrible. Ewok music and uh, everyone's having a good time. Do I'll, I'll ruin the movie for you. Yeah, I'd have Wally voiced by either, and I'm, I'm going to give you three options just so you can en- enjoy ruining it as much yeah. as possible. Matthew Perry, Kevin Hart, or Adam Sandler. <laughs> Kevin Hart would be the one. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart would drive me insane. It would drive me insane. I saw that Secret Life of Pets movie and he uh, voices the badass bunny and yeah. it is... Insufferable, mate. So, I, I went. Look, to be honest, I thought Kevin Hart as well. I thought Adam Sandler, but I quite like. You know, Adam Sandler can be good, but I was just thinking of, you know, imagine he's doing the Billy Madison voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for Wally or something, and and Matthew Perry, Matthew Perry on the downside of Friends. You know, like uh, so he's still he's still kind of got a little bit, but not enough. Yeah. Um. Two more segments. Goldilocks rating. Is this movie optimistic, pessimistic, or just right? From my, yeah, I, for, my, for my sentiment, it's just right. Yes. But I could see how... I think it attempts to be positive at the end, but yeah. I don't read it as positive. I, I agree. I think it's a very optimistic movie, but, oh. uh, but, I, but I find it very pessimistic. Yeah. I mean, when we pull out... You know, in that final shot, we, we, we pull back and we see a few leaves. Mm. The earth's still barren. Mm. The, 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 there's still just fucking a million satellites in orbit yeah. junking up the sky. Oh, yeah, that shot is so, phenomenal, you know, isn't and, it? And that's, like, and that's it, a genuine problem. Yeah, when it shoots through the rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> that's a genuine problem. Space shot. Genuine shock. problem. Um, Our friend uh, Angela Fapierre has uh, talked about it on the signal. Right. You know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, so I can see how... And that and that's a, an interesting thing, thing to think about. You know, had they not been beholden to the Disney Corporation or Mm. just to the general audience that this film is essentially marketed to. Mm. I wonder what Andrew Stanton... I wonder what his perfect... Is this his his perfect version of the film? Oh, okay. Or if he could have done anything that he wanted to do, would this have been a lot more... um, Because as it is, it's already quite pointed. Yeah. And there's, there's some nastiness to it. Like, there's some real contempt for human beings in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I wonder if that ending was um, by necessity. Yeah. Or if, you know, he genuinely was like, come on, guys, we're going to be, we can do it. Right. Okay. Well, I've got some stuff on Squid Bits, which I reckon we'll, we'll, we might be able to work out a bit of an idea right. to that question. Right. Uh, last segment, sum it up. What does this movie mean to you? Uh, humans are just awful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think I think it confirms, like like so much sci-fi does, that essentially, I think essentially we are a doomed species. I yeah. think we are. I don't, and I don't mean that in a overly. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm not. I'm, I'm just being realistic. I look yeah. at I look at the way we conduct ourselves. You know, my mum often really gets down on me for my view on people not individuals i love individuals yes 
it's people on mass, the madness of crowds, um, you know, and she's like, why can't you, you know, you, you look at the, look at the, the good in people. And I was like, I do see the good in people. Um, but when, when you talk about people on mass, what exactly from the 6,000 years of recorded history has given you an indication that we're yeah. not a monumentally suicidal, destructive, awful species? Yeah. Well, it's, um, you know, so, you know, there's that argument that every, uh, generation thinks that this is the end times mm. and there is uh, a pushback against that you know there's there's an ubris to that there is a there's an arrogance you know mm. all of that but the 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 way i see the, where things are now is that as a species we are fulfilling the prophecy yeah. so in the past we were like oh yeah here comes jesus and yeah. oh, it's going to be you know this is this is the end times and then oh no nah, it didn't happen oh, mm-hmm. and oh no nah, it didn't happen it'll be oh no nah. and then eventually just through our actions yeah. we have set up this situation where like like people panicking about the environment now Do is I- like it's mind-boggling to me when it's like, why weren't you panicking ages ago? And, you know, there is there is reason to that, and that is that the people in power did not care about future generations, and they were just happy to make their money, and they went out of their way to, you know, like BP, you know, created a, uh, you know, uh, worked out ways to combat the truth of yeah. climate change. Yeah, of course, you know, and they admit it. Of course, it's it's the cigarette companies. You know, it's that that same theory. You know, money, 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 money. Right now, yeah, um, yeah. I think um, the, it, it also, it, you know, I think about like a, a human life is spectacular, and we are very special, and all the rest. But when you look at it from like a macro perspective, if you were an alien looking down mm. on Earth, is a human life or human existence more important than a blue whale's existence? Yes. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Right. I don't know what it's like to be blue whale. What I do know is an individual human, and I'm as guilty as anyone else. I'm not absolving myself of the guilt. We, The amount that we consume and the amount that we destroy, like what? at what point do the scales balance? And you kind yeah. of go, well, you know, like, yeah, human life is really important. But is it more important than 100 square kilometers of Amazon rainforest? Yeah. I don't think so. No. At, at, at what point, you know, is it enough? Just enough? No. And that's where I think that the, you know, it's and and now we're in this like hyper Red Bull crack cocaine capitalism, mm. just slash and burn, and everyone just wants it all. And mm. eh, eh. you know, I mean, then that, 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 there's that great moment, um, you know, try blue, it's the new red, right? You know, and that sums it up, right? Yeah. You know, hey guys iPhone 13's coming out. Cool. Like, how is it different from the iPhone 12? Oh, oh well, it's got one more megapixel in the camera. We, ha- we and, haven't... And even- how many fucking kids in, in in conflict mineral mines lost their fingers so you could have the iPhone 13? Is it worth it? Right. Is it really worth it? Yeah. We, we, we live in a, a perpetual cycle of what's next, and it's, and it's you know, beautifully summed up with the Marvel movies, which I've said to you before, you know, sometimes you're sitting there going, this is a two-and-a-half-hour trailer for me to find out what the after-credits scene is. Totally. 100%. Uh, you know, Shang-Chi hasn't even come out yet, and they've announced four movies that are going to come out in 2024, and they haven't told us what they are, yeah. and everyone's speculating on I'm them. I'm Marvel uh, movie. And I just want to see Ronnie Chang in a Marvel <laughs> film. That's all I want to see, and I, you know, we've already moved on. Yeah, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, I, just that, at some point... It's 
it's got to be enough. And I think people need to recognize there is there is no bottom to this, and mm. there will never be. And I look, I say this, I've just admitted, it, I, I I collect Blu-rays. Mm. The, the the anticipation of the Blu-ray arriving mm. is so much more is so much better than the Blu-ray arriving. Once oh, yeah. it arrives, it's like plop on the shelf. Yeah. Like, you know, one more thing I've got. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm not saying I'm better than anyone. I'm not. Um but you know, it, 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 I think as a, as as a species, we need to understand or realize that we've been sold a bill of goods of this idea of you know this will make you happy, and then the next thing will make you happy. But there is it's it's just it, it never does. Yeah, it never does. It's 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 the rush of of dopamine you get when you buy something. You know, how many times have you bought something and then you're on the train home and it's just like, oh, I'm, ba- I'm me again. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I'm back to being me. Boring. But it's also, uh, and also this uh, striving for something. So, you know, as at this time of recording, I've been working behind the scenes on a TV show and we had hmm. one episode that just through circumstances just wasn't as good as some of the others but it's a brand new show and that's what happens and i was kind of weirdly a hundred percent fine with that one just stumbling a little bit Mm. because it was part of the process to me and that's of course that's okay but there's you know the panic that was around it because you know progress isn't linear it's you know it's all over the place Sometimes you've got to, you know, that's what you were saying about the animation. There's a little hair from over it. doesn't yeah, move. It. Like, that's, yeah. that's what makes it unique. And, that, and, and, you know, that's comedy. That's doing stand-up in a nutshell. Like, oh, you, yeah. you know, these so many new comics come into it and like, oh, I'm so, I'm so afraid of dying. And it's like, man, you're going to have to die a thousand times. Yeah. You've got to eat shit yeah. to the point where you are so carved out of wood mm. that it doesn't bother you anymore. I mean, mm. it might, you know, of course it still bothers you. Yeah. But... You know, you should get to a stage where you can embarrass yourself in front of 300 people, walk off to cavernous silence and wake up the next morning not wanting to kill yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. the only way you can do that is by failing and failing and failing and failing. Yeah. You know, anytime a new comic asks me for advice, it's like, just get used to sucking. Yeah. Just get used to eating shit. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be great. It'll be fine. But, you could, <laughs> but also, you, you probably won't eat shit that often. No. But... You've just, you've got to be prepared for it to happen. Well, it will happen because it will happen. God, who knew that our uh, Wally podcast would be darker than our Under the Skin podcast? Like, I'm so confused <laughs> by all of this. I'm so confused by all of this. But you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, in a way, it does make sense. Uh, so, some squid bits. Uh, director Andrew Stanton joked with Sigourney Weaver that her job as the voice of the Axiom computer means she gets to be mother now, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, I, I think I've told you before that I almost don't. I'm kind of not very good with voices. And I didn't pick her. Right. Oh, th- this is one of the rare times that I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's very, uh, it's very rare. Mm. Like, a, even when I know someone is playing a character, like mm. I'm listening to a podcast now that has Zoe Deschanel and John Hamm doing some of the voices. And like, I'm like four episodes in, I went, oh yeah, that's John Hamm, isn't it? And I was like, <laughs> no, I know that's John Hamm, but I finally clocked it. Um, Shelby Forthright is the only live action character with a speaking role in any Pixar film. Right. Uh, Shall be forthright. Such a good name, isn't it? It's one of the best names. Uh, Macintalk, which is the text-to-speech program for the Apple Mac computers, was used for the voice of Otto, uh, the Axiom's robotic steering wheel and uh, autopilot. Right. Uh, I'm not always across these, but Directive A113 that prevents anyone from returning to Earth continues the Pixar Easter egg inside joke that refers to the classroom that John Lasseter, Tim Burton, Michael Peraza and... 
Brad Bird Bird, news. Yeah. Yeah. Brad Bird's great. So the idea for the movie came from Andrew Stanton when he was having lunch with fellow writers Lassiter, Pete Doctor and Joe Ranft. In 1994, Toy Story was near completion and they were brainstorming new projects, uh, which I think produced A Bug's Life, Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a yeah, lunch. Yeah, yeah. And Stanton asked, what if mankind had to leave Earth and somebody forgot to turn off the last robot? <laughs> that's great. That's a great summation, right. that isn't the, it? That should be the tagline for the film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and so... I like the idea that everyone left and, you know, oh, I forgot to turn me off. Mm. That's okay. I'll just keep doing my job. Yeah. Uh, he made Wally a waste collector because he it was a low-status menial job mm. and immediately made the little robot more sympathetic, yeah, which right. yeah. works. It's so funny when he puts all the rubbish in his guts. goes... <laughs> so funny. Um, Stanton supposedly liked the imagery of stacked cubes of garbage and didn't find it too dark because having a planet covered in garbage was for him a childish imagining of a disaster. Uh, Andrew Stanton. <laughs> so I'm, I'm guessing that quote is from a long time ago, but yeah. even still. Yeah, I uh, mean, like, there's garbage islands the size of Scotland floating around the ocean now. So, I mean, I'm sure it was then as well. Right. So a planet covered in garbage isn't that far from the truth. Mate, it was one of the weirdest, like, you know, when you're doing the research and you read things and that, and I was like, really? When was the last time you went into pristine nature and didn't see a fucking chip packet? Or so? You know, that's what I, you know, I do that on the weekends, like a fucking crazy person. No? It's like a garbage claw and go and pick up rubbish in the bush. <laughs> Amazing. That's nice. That's a nice, nice thing to do. People look at you like you're a sex offender on day release. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, but you're a sex offender on day release cleaning up the forest. So, you <laughs> know. don't like it. They give you dirty looks. Really? They really do. I've, why are you I, I cleaning receive, up rubbish? I receive a lot of hostility when I do it. Hang on. Why? I, I, I don't know. I think people think that I'm... I Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm only half joking. I do think people think, oh, he's probably some criminal that's doing community service. Oh, right. Um, like, I do it at Sydney Park a lot. So you, so it's not it's not them getting angry that you're cleaning up rubbish. They just well, think that only only someone who has to do it would do well, it. Yeah, either that... Uh, it's probably a combination. I think it's that or it's either um, people, you know... Uh, who the fuck does he think he is? Does he right. think he's better than us or whatever it is? Right. But I've never seen anyone go, hey, good on you or anything. Right. It's like really, right. you know, I mean, you know, often I'm sweaty and, you know, dragging a yeah. garbage bag around and yep. all the rest. But, um, and masturbating furiously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredibly therapeutic. I tell you, it's yeah. very meditative. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it, uh, look, and, do, you, do you listen to music or something or a podcast or what do you do well, when you're doing no, it? because I don't have an iPhone. Um, just fucking probably just mutter to myself, which oh, is probably right. what's right. aiding people's disdain yep. for me. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting meditation practice because it's you are fully aware that essentially you're not doing anything. Yeah. Like it's pretty futile what you're doing. Yeah. But it's nice to feel... You know, there's been plenty of times I've gone into the bush and seen rubbish and just gotten furious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the the day that I started doing it, it was that moment of like, well, you're just going to walk away and be furious yeah. all day or just fucking pick it up. So funny. There was, uh, uh, I think this may have been, God, I don't know how long ago this was because time is broken and nothing makes sense mm-hmm. anymore. But mm-hmm. I, there was one morning, it, I, I was 
leaving you so you know where I live mm. I because I'm only on the third floor I often use the fire escape yeah. to go down the stairs and just leave you know, a few extra, 47 steps, I've counted them. <laughs> I do it <laughs> meticulously. But anyway, there was one morning where uh, I came out and it goes out into the uh, back alley and that's where all the rubbish goes. Mm. And I walked out there and some arsehole had come along and tipped over nice. all of the bins, the 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 rubbish bins and the recycling bins, and it was everywhere. And I walked out and I knew I was on my way to a job and I knew that I should stop and clean it and I have to be honest, I was so overwhelmed and full oh, yeah. of sadness at that point that I just and I I had to be at work. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was You can't always do it. Oh my God. It was such a mm. just a bummer. Oh, it's a bummer. Oh, it's just a bummer. I just yeah. don't that's what I that's what I've never understood the mentality especially when you go out to nature. And you just see like Doritos fucking packets everywhere. And it's just like, at what point did you think that the landscape would be improved by this? Or is it literally just like, done, not my problem? Yeah. I just, I cannot, I cannot fathom it. You know, there's a, you never watched Mad Men, did you? No. There's a scene that uh, I think is equal parts funny and horrific, which Mad Men often does, that I know some people who this was back in the day when it was like first coming out and I and I had some friends who said they thought it was over the top this scene but you know old, uh, like my mum and that were like no 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 that's what it used to be like and it's uh, Don with his wife and kids out having a picnic and then they stand up and say okay we better get going and he just picks up the rug and just flicks it everywhere and rubbish <laughs> goes from all over the place and it's horrific but it's really it's funny over the top. As, you see as it as all he, the time as he's smoking just flicks it <laughs> yeah, out that's, that's indifferent how it is. all right wife that i don't love get in the car kids that i don't relate to get in the car all right yeah. let's drive i mean like it might be a more exaggerated verb but how many times have you seen someone just chucking something out of their car window Mate, uh, yeah i don't even think it was like my like mum was like no 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 i remember that as a kid well that i just tell you it. what go to sydney park on an average day people must be doing that because the amount yep. of fucking trash on the ground is yep. unconscionable yeah it's unbelievable Take headphones. Like they don't have to be plugged into anything, but just be wearing them, and then they'll go. Oh, he's listening to music. He must be okay. Um, he's singing Hamilton to himself. What yeah. a freak! Not not the musical. Uh, all the songs that I wrote in the Bunter Boys. <laughs> Open up your eyes, then you realize. Anyway, um, the film was developed under the title <laughs> Trash Planet. Oh yeah, that'd be uh, a good alternate name for Earth. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Rubbish. Mercury, Venus, rubbish, <laughs> Mars, <laughs> Jupiter. Uh, Stanton formatted his script in a manner reminiscent of Dan O'Bannon's Alien. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Must have worked out like the beats of the movie through, yeah, yeah. through that. So, Well, you know, the first 20-odd minutes of Alien is very slow burn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very slow burn. Yeah. Almost like a silent movie. Yeah. What a... Um, mate, Alien. I can't wait what to get to... Fucking Ooh, yes. My favourite... I know people love Aliens, but I'm Alien. Oh, I didn't know that. Alien's my favourite. We've had a few things we've disagreed on recently, but we're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alien's my movie as well. It's the one. Yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. Dude, the first time I ever watched that, I watched it in broad daylight on a laptop, and I almost vomited. I was so afraid. Oh, my God. Even in that context, so afraid. So, mum, like, let's not burn too much on our alien chat but mum saw that at the cinema and the way she described it to me because i was too young to see it was 
like it was terrifying oh, yeah. in my head before I even saw it. Oh, yeah. And then when I saw it, I was fucking terrifying. Terrifying. Have you ever seen that? Um, have you ever seen that footage of like secret filmed footage of people reacting to alien in the oh, 70s? Oh yeah, yeah, it's, I have actually. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> people yeah. just losing their minds. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mum went with a friend of hers that um, she was uh, back in the day, you know, when people were less comfortable with coming out. And she was always like, oh, I think my friend might be gay. But, mm. um, you know, if if he doesn't think it, like, she didn't judge it. She just, anyway, uh, the one funny thing that came from watching the film was the way he reacted. Mum said, oh, he's, he's gay. What happened? Because <laughs> he squealed. Like, and it was like this, <laughs> it, was like, it was like all pretense went, and it was like this fabulous squeal. And uh, mum was like, oh, yeah. And, fabulous squeal. Yeah, Lovely. And, <laughs> <laughs> that feels like a, a John Waters film. Yeah. Fabulous squeal. Um, he originally wanted aliens to, uh, to plant Eve. Uh, hang on, I've. I've written this badly. I think he originally wanted aliens to send Eve to explore Earth, and that means the rest of the film would have played out really differently if Mm. it was aliens who did it. And then when Wally originally landed on the Axiom, uh, he was uh, going to inspire a Spartacus-like rebellion with the robots (laughs) against the remnants of the human race, which were cruel alien gels, completely devolved, gelatinous, boneless, <laughs> legless, see-through, green creatures that resembled jelly and their ancestry would have been revealed in a Planet of the Apes-style ending. Whoa, there you go. Yeah. Andrew Stanton doesn't like humans. That's interesting, isn't yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, there's a little bit of that when you see the, um, I think uh, when Fred Willard's talking about loss of bone mass yeah. and you see that diagram of how what humans and the skeleton's just these like the oh, tiny yes. little like tiny little bones yes <laughs> it's like what is happening here yeah. um, the gels would have had a royal family who would host a dance in a castle that was bizarre and unengaging okay uh so, yeah, so then he wanted Wally and E's relationship to inspire humanity because he felt few films explore how utopian societies come to exist. So he must see this film as things like he sees it as really positive, And that's why I think it's an optimistic film, mm. because I think in his head, they've learned a lesson and they, they're better. But isn't that the great tragedy of humanity, that we don't live long enough to pass those lessons down? So even if this generation learns the lesson, what's going to take is three more generations to go, oh, fuck that. Oh, mate. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I know. I know. But I uh, like, like, look, uh, Stanton first put noses and ears on the gels so the audience could recognize them and then eventually other characteristics until we ended up with this concept of people being fetus-like to allow the audience to see themselves in the characters. Mate, that made me laugh so much when I read that because I knew you were going to have such a bad reaction to it. I was... <laughs> There's so many times that I want to text you or call you and say, oh, yeah, I've got something that's going to blow your mind. And I was like, don't do it. No, don't ruin it. I'm always it. glad we never discussed before no, this. Never do it. I would love to see this version of the film. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally into the yeah. gels. And yeah. it turns out, oh, no, it was us all along. Yeah. Stanton didn't want the captain to be stupid. He just wanted him to be unchallenged. Uh, because he thought if he was stupid, then he would lack sympathy. But unchallenged, you can kind of go, oh, okay, I can be on this guy's side. You're on his side because he has that 
he's 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 the only human that expresses the very human need for purpose. Yeah. He needs that line. I don't want to survive. I want to live. Yeah. Yeah. You know. In an original version of the story, the captain was stupid and wore his hat upside down until he finally challenges Otto and then slips it around the right way to take charge. So I'm, I think good no, story yeah, choice. Yeah, much better. Uh, Stanton felt that half the audience at a screening believed the humans would be unable to cope with living on Earth and would have died out after the film's end. Jim Cap- Capo, Jim Capo Bianco, director of the Ratatouille short film Your Friend the Rat created an end credits animation that continued the story and stylized in different artistic movements throughout history to clarify an optimistic tone. See, don't you feel that that's a bit of a cop-out? Like, if you have to tack something on to the credits after the final shot of the film, is it is it really still part of the film? Or is it just kind of... Like, I feel like the statement is the film. And to add that sequence at the end... Because I agree, the, the, the humans are all dead. They're not surviving. No. Nah. They're not surviving. That first dust storm comes through. One hundred percent. What's this? Yeah. <laughs> well, rip them apart as yeah. well. Like they're like they're so flabby. That, of course, that, that dust storm is going to. Yeah, they have no bone mass. They have no experience. They can barely walk. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, uh, and 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 that's proved by the test audience who just said them thinking the humans are all going to die. Maybe it's not a cop out, but I do feel like the fi- a film should stand from first shot to last shot. Right, and that's the film. Yeah. You know, there's. There, I don't believe that a credit sequence should change the entire moral or uh, a feeling of the film at the mm. end. The, the, one of the worst examples of that. Have you ever seen the film Being There? Yeah, the oh, Peter a Sellers long movie. time ago. It's yeah. one of the most brilliant films yeah. of all time. Yeah, but for some bizarre reason, and it's one. Of, it's such a nuanced, beautiful, understated performance yeah. from Peter Sellers. And for some reason, how Ashby decided in the end credits to just play this B-roll footage of bloopers of Peter Sellers laughing and breaking character. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. What the... What are you doing? This is terrible. A terrible choice. Yeah. Remember when bloopers were kind of a thing and then uh, I was actually... I watched a blooper reel like only for a short amount of time for the first time in ages. Uh, I think, what was it for? Something that I like too. And I thought, I like all of these people. Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is mm. coming to an end and they showed a bloopers reel. And then I was, uh, I just remembered, oh yeah, blooper reels aren't that funny. No. The only blooper reel I've ever enjoyed are the Seinfeld bloopers. Right. I really enjoy it. And, and it's only because it's that, it's usually Jerry who's always on the verge of laughing anyway, right. just actually losing it. And, right. it's, it, it, it. and it's not that like waka waka. It's a genuine human a reaction to yep. a guy delighted yep. by this great thing that he's created. Yeah. And he's almost like an audience member. And they're, they're very fun to watch, but in the main, they're not very funny. Having said that, the greatest blooper reel I've ever seen, have I ever shown you Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal trying to record an, uh, an advert for a, they were doing a, a fundraiser game yeah. for this you know anyway it's just the two of them and at this point you know two of the greatest tennis players that ever lived they are rivals you know Mm. uh, and it's their kids like Federer cannot fucking keep it together (laughs) because Nadal is so kind of you know because of his accent and because they're sitting right next to each other it's it's genuinely I'll show you afterwards Uh, and for anyone listening if you're feeling a bit down type in Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal laughing, and it's genuinely great because you, you can also feel that 
people are getting a bit frustrated and yeah. Federer's just, and you go, oh my God, you were like one of the greatest tennis players ever and you're a kid. That's <laughs> great. May I add one more suggestion very quickly to mm. that? Orson Welles, Peas and uh, Champagne commercials. Oh, yes. Has, have you seen those? Yes, yeah, he's yeah. off yeah. his guts. Yeah. It's the, one of the funniest things. He's the yeah. greatest actor of all time. Yeah. And he can't get through a fucking line about Peas. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other actors, the two actors look terrified of yeah. him because he's oh you know he's, awesome he, he is a monumental man yeah very intimidating and yeah. he's just drunk as shit and yeah. slurring the lines it's hysterical i just rewatched the third man a Great couple of weeks film. ago Whew, so Great good film. uh stanton describes the theme of the film as irrational love defeats life's programming irrational love defeats love i like that yeah yeah, yeah. that's sweet so, Stanton is a Christian and named Eve after the biblical figure because Wally's loneliness reminded him of Adam before God created his wife. Christian journalist Rod Dreher noted that Eve's directive is an inversion of that story where Eve uses the plant to tell humanity to return to Earth and move away from the false god of BNL and the lazy lifestyle it offers. Mm. He also points out that where Adam is cursed to labor, Wally argues hard work is what makes humans human. Huh, much better myth. Yeah, and <laughs> much I. Better myth. Yeah, and uh, there, there, there is. There, 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 I have to be honest. That kind of made me go. Oh, well, maybe that ending's all right. Like if that's yeah. what they, you know, if that's the intention. Yeah. Like you know me being pessimistic, etc. But um, uh, and in 2016, Jim Morris uh, noted that the studio has no plans for a sequel, as they Good. considered Wally a finished story yes. with no need for continuation. Good. Yes. Great. That is a victory. I agree with that. Yes. Uh, anything else before we finish on uh, a quote? No, no, no. We just do the quote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we talk any more, people are going to be even more bummed out. So, uh, so I thought we'd finish with a, a quote from Andrew Stanton. And to be honest, uh, I I spent way too long trying to discern between uh, or make a choice between which one I was going to use. So I decided, oh, let's do two quotes because yeah. I felt like they of were. Both, um, I felt they were pertinent for you, mm-hmm. that you would enjoy them. So the first quote is, storytelling is joke telling. It's knowing your punchline, your ending, knowing that everything you're saying from the first sentence to the last is leading to a singular goal. Yes. And make the audience put things together. Don't give them four, give them two plus two. Very good. And that Very makes a lot good. of sense. Very good. Very good, Andrew Stanton. Right. Well, uh, maybe we should do something more lighthearted next, like uh, <laughs> I Am Legend or, uh, you know, <laughs> Deep Impact. I, I, really, I, really, I really didn't think that the conversation, but it was inevitable, right? It, it was, was inevitable. inevitable. Look, I didn't realise the conversation was going to go there, and then I remembered who we are, and I feel like we're in the right place. Yay. <laughs> as always to my pal Ben Elwood for joining me today a big shout out once again to Wayne Hunt our Patreon subscriber for this episode if you'd like to hear your name on the podcast along with receiving some extra podcast goodies head over to the Patreon page uh, look up Big Squid and Justin Hamilton that's my name and you can check out the tiers that you can sign up for choose the one that suits you best there's scripts there's bonus podcasts there's early looks at some ideas in fact actually there's a 
new idea that is going to be released for the Patreon gang pretty soon. Maybe later today, maybe maybe even tomorrow. So uh, if you're keen to know what that is, you can uh, jump on board, have a listen and uh, help shape where this podcast is going to go in the future. We also have a new Q&A episode that's going to be recorded next week and it is shaped once again by our Patreon subscribers. It is uh, the co-host of Total Reboot and Why Is Cats, one of the funniest podcasts uh, that I've heard in the last five years, uh, comedian Cam James. So if you would like to ask Cam some questions, he's an interesting guy. He used to be uh, a musician. Well, he still is a musician, but he started off in music. Uh, his broad range of uh, interests in movies uh, and TV. Uh, so if you'd like to you know, ask him some questions and, uh, and throw us some curveballs as well, uh, please uh, come along and subscribe and then uh, you can join up on our private Facebook page where everyone is fantastic. So it will be, uh, that'll be a good one. We're going to record that next week. So you still have time to jump on board for that. Uh, As you may have realized, there is a pattern to the movies we're watching. So we went from the bonafide legacy masterpiece of 2001 to relative newcomer cult classic Under the Skin. And this time, we're, well, we've gone delightful Pixar for today. So do you want to take a guess? I'll, I'll count down from five and see if you can say it at the same time. So we've gone uh, masterpiece in 2001, cult classic Under the Skin, cute with Wally. So five, four, three, two, one. The Thing. That's right. The 80s cult classic starring super handsome and her suit, Kurt Russell. This is a fun podcast and I'm loving producing this season for you. And I'm hoping uh, you're having as much fun as me and uh, and my friends as well. The feedback's been great. Like it feels like this podcast, uh, this, overall this season is great, but it, this limited series is getting a, a lot of buzz. It might, maybe we'll spin it off. We'll see. We've got seven more episodes to go, and uh, if you keep loving it, maybe it'll spin off and become its own thing. We'll start the Big Squid Podcast Network. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that from the ground level? Get in there early, so when it's this big, massive conglomerate, you can you can pass judgment on me. Ah, yeah, I, I, I was there when it first started. <laughs> All you new Johnny-come-latelys. I was back there when it was all about the music, man. (laughs) So uh, next week, there will be three new podcasts and the next Space Policy is right here on this feed next Thursday. Uh, Look, I know uh, we've already sort of uh, had the quotes, but I... Uh, when we were first recording this, I thought I would share the quotes with Ben, but uh, it's nice to kind of always finish uh, the the whole podcast with the quotes and... uh, I love these ones from Andrew Stanton, so I'm quite happy to come back to them. Uh, Storytelling is joke-telling. It's knowing your punchline, your ending, knowing that everything you're saying from the first sentence to the last leading to a singular goal, and make the audience put things together. Don't give them four. Give them two plus two. Ah, Andrew Stanton, a man after my own heart. I love that. Thank you for being here today. Until then.
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.